In recent years, we've seen increasing use of digital technologies in the design, construction, manufacture, operation and management of assets and products, as well as their use in the provision of services. And this has been having a transformative effect on the parties involved. We see the use of computer-based technologies supporting new ways of working, such as development of off-site factory-based fabrication and on-site automation. And we see increasing use of sophisticated cyber-physical systems that use sensors, the cyber element, to control or influence physical parts of the system. And these systems will need to be used to achieve benefits such as increases in energy efficiency and to drive better asset lifecycle management by capturing right-time information about both asset use and condition. Further, to increase effectiveness and efficiency, initiatives or projects that are developing new assets or solutions, or indeed those that are modifying or managing existing ones, are becoming far more collaborative in nature And this collaboration requires more transparent, open ways of working and, as much as is possible, appropriate sharing and use of digital information. But as a consequence of this increasing use of and dependence on information and communication technologies, we need to be far more aware and address inherent vulnerability issues that arise, particularly where these have security implications for the built environment, for specific assets or products, for services, or indeed for individuals or communities, as well as security implications for the vast array of digital information that we increasingly hold. But we need to manage security in a way that doesn't undermine the benefits that collaborative working methods and increasingly digital technologies can generate. But what do we mean by security? Well, we define it as the state of relative freedom from threat or harm caused by deliberate, unwanted, hostile or malicious acts. When we consider threats to security, we typically think of terrorism and hostile actions by countries. However, threats to security also include commercial espionage, organised crime, actions by activists, lone actors, hackers and malicious insiders. In addition, the increased use of digital technologies and availability of information means that security risks now exist for a far greater proportion of those involved in the planning, design, construction, operation and management of assets, of products or services than has previously been the case. But even so, this isn't about applying the same security measures to everything. What we talk about is implementing a security-minded approach. Security-mindedness is about understanding and routinely applying appropriate and proportionate security measures in any business situation so as to deter and or disrupt hostile, malicious, fraudulent and criminal behaviours or activities. It's a holistic approach, so it covers personnel, physical and cyber security as well as elements that cut across these. So, for example, good governance of the security system as a whole. The security-minded approach has four key strands. Firstly, recognising the range of threats that exist and recognising those which are applicable to the work you are involved in. Secondly, minimising the security risk in a way that is appropriate and proportionate. 
Thirdly, complying with the security measures in place. And lastly, rectifying any issues if or when they arise. So what can you do to be more security minded? The Engineering Council has produced guidance which sets out six key principles to guide engineers and technicians in identifying, assessing, managing and communicating issues about security. The first of these principles is about adopting a security-minded approach to your professional and to your personal life. So this is about you demonstrating awareness of how your behaviours and actions, including use of social media, can impact on your own personal security, of that of your colleagues, but also in relation to the projects that you are working on. The second principle is about applying responsible judgment and taking a leadership role. So you need to be able to demonstrate that you can exert professional judgment in assessing the security risks that exist. You should also be able to challenge assumptions and proposals while seeking to improve security practices, but also empowering others around you to do the same. Thirdly, you need to be able to comply with legislation and codes and guidance. You should understand their intent and be prepared to seek improvements. Fourthly, ensuring good security-minded communications. You should adopt an open reporting approach to security risks, to incidents and to near misses, coupled with a spirit of questioning and learning from others. Also, be selective of the material you use when you are publishing information at conferences, at workshops, at seminars, or indeed when you're writing in professional or trade publications. And you should do this to ensure you avoid releasing any sensitive information about the projects that you are working on. Fifth principle is to understand and comply with and seek to improve lasting systems for security governance. So you should actively contribute to the development, implementation and review of security policies and processes within your organisation. And the last principle, contribute to public and professional awareness of security. So you should undertake appropriate sharing and promotion of knowledge of effective security solutions. You should also be able to engage in debate on the security risks and the benefits, especially where these relate to new technologies and innovative developments.